Well, good morning. Oh, just three weeks left. Three weeks left. Can you feel just the, the seats getting further and further apart from each other? Can you feel the leg room? It's coming. It's coming. We're so excited. Well, welcome. My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic. And, uh, and we've been talking about uh, what it looks like to be stewards of what God has given us. And uh, as we've talked about stewardship, we've looked at it in multiple ways, and, and we've defined stewardship as a concept uh, as managing God's blessings, God's way, for God's glory. And man, we have experienced an incredible amount of blessing. I don't know about you, but I just appreciated Zach giving us that space this morning uh, during worship to just focus in on all that Jesus has done to come after us, to seek us, to save us, uh, to make us uh, sons and daughters of God, that we have been incredibly blessed with the good news of what Jesus has done for us. Last week, we talked about what it looks like as individuals to carry the gospel. And we're going to continue along that thought process this week and talk about what does it look like for us corporately? How do we carry the gospel as a church? And uh, last week, we, we took a, a look at this beautiful, miracle-working salt lamp. Uh, this salt lamp that just by its presence, with the salt and the light, with their powers combined, uh, we are Captain Clean Air, right? Uh, that this salt lamp, that, that all the incredible benefits that it claims, that, that that would be the reason that somebody would step in and purchase a salt lamp is because of the benefits that it, that it brings, right? And we talked about our lives as gospel carriers, that as we, uh, as individuals go, uh, whether it be in our neighborhoods with our families or our, our actual neighbors, the people next door to us and across the street from us, uh, whether it be in our workplaces with our coworkers, uh, if our neighbor might be in a cubicle or a big corner office that we wish we had, uh, that we have the opportunity to carry the gospel uh, everywhere we go as followers of Jesus. And what an incredible privilege that is. And that the, the goal is that as we carry the gospel as individuals, that we would be a benefit. Uh, that, that our goal would not be to just simply try to convert someone to our way of thinking, but to bring the, the truth and the life of who Jesus is uh, in our actions and with our words as well. And so this week, we're going to think about it uh, a, a little bit differently. But before we do, I want us to grab our Bibles, and I want us to go to Matthew chapter 5, to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus introduces this idea of being salt and being light in the world. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start in verse uh, 13. If you have one of the Mosaic Bibles, you'll find Matthew 5 on page 898. If you're looking it up on a, a smart device, uh, we are in the English Standard Version, the ESV. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, this is uh, this incredible moment where Jesus is teaching uh, people who are beginning to follow after him, and he's talking about what it would be like to be a part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, when you are a part of the kingdom of God, when you become my children, and when you become my sons and daughters, when you believe in me, that changes who you are. You are no longer just 
plain old you. I'm no longer just plain old Joel. That, that when I begin following Jesus, when I step into the freedom and the life that the gospel that, that, that it gives to me, when I uh, become a follower of Jesus, my, my very nature changes and I become a different person. That, that we become new creations, the Bible says. That, that it is no longer we that live, but that Christ lives in us. And that difference maker makes a difference in the way that people experience us in the world. And so what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he begins with these two words that are so important. You are. This is your identity. This is who you actually are in Christ. This is not your potential. This is not what you might hope to be someday in the future when you're really, really good at being a Christian. No, when you know Jesus as your savior, he changes you from the inside out. The gospel isn't about making bad people good. It's, it's about making dead people alive. And so Jesus is changing us from the inside out, giving us new life in him. And what that does is it changes who we are and how people experience us as a result. So this is beautiful. You are the salt of the earth. Last weekend, Renault talked about all of the benefits that salt has and that in any ancient society, salt would have been an incredibly valuable commodity because it was so useful. It was so beneficial. You could preserve food. Uh, you could do so many different things with salt. Uh, and so you are the salt of the earth. You are by nature and by definition as a follower of Jesus, you are a benefit to the world. Humanity looks very different today because of all that the gospel has done through its carriers. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? We found out that scientifically it is impossible for salt to lose its taste. So you will be salty. There is no, no, no choice. You will be salty, right? And it, 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 if it loses its taste, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And then he says, also, you are the light of the world. See, that's why this Himalayan salt lamp is so cool, because it combines salt and light together. That you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But people put it on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Wow. What a beautiful invitation that is. That we would be salt and light everywhere we go. And as people come into contact with us and get a taste of who we are, that they would see who we are and it would glorify our Father in heaven. That, that when we set up our light, that when we become that light, that lamp on a stand, that when people see us, when people experience us, that they would see Jesus. That's our hope. And we want to talk today about what does it look like for we, corporately, we as a church, to carry the gospel? What does it look like when we carry the gospel as a church, corporately? When Mosaic Church becomes salt and light, what does that look like? 
And we've talked about last week, as individuals every, everywhere we go, how that would impact our spheres of influence, but we want to talk about that as a corporate body. Certainly because we are heading into a new season where we're going to be in a new location, uh, it provides some new opportunities for us. And so we want to talk about how we collectively, as a church, can be salt and light to the world around us. How the capital M Mosaic Church, how we collectively, how when people experience Mosaic Church, how will we be salt and light in our community. Now, if you've been a part of Mosaic for a while, you know that this has always been a part of our heartbeat, that we have never wanted to be just a church that kind of does its thing. We've never just wanted to be a church that survives. We've never wanted to just be a church that, that goes through the motions and does church, but that we have wanted to be a church that changes the world. We want to get loud for the gospel, right? And so if you've been a part of Mosaic, you've kind of come across this reality that that's a part of our heart, that we collectively, when we, uh, when we come together, we collect our, our, our time and our talent and our treasure, when we come together as a body, that we want to reflect who Jesus is to the world around us. So if you've been a part of Mosaic for a while, you know that, that we desire to have a collective impact, and we have had a collective impact, both local, locally and globally. If you've been a part of things like Mission Serve, and you've seen us put our uncomfortable green shirts on, those things are so uncomfortable. They, like we're out doing sweaty projects and they, they, don't, they don't breathe very well, but that's because they're less expensive. We want to be good stewards. <laughs> <coughs> so, uh, so when we come together and we serve alongside one another, the ability that we have to make a huge impact on the world around us is huge. And we want to see that continue. We've been doing this for four years now. And we want to see uh, this thing continue to move forward so that people in our community experience us serving together. If you've been a part of Mosaic for a while, uh, you know that we are very, very passionate about our global and our local partnerships. Uh, Mosaic currently gives a half million dollars every single year. That's we. Just so you know, that's not like Renault and Phil, and Joel, we wouldn't be able to give very much on our own. That is you guys. Like us, we as a collective, we as a church, we have been giving half a million dollars every single year to our global and local partnerships so that those people can plant churches, so that those people can do works of justice and mercy all over the world, so that those people can see uh, locally uh, those justice and mercy initiatives uh, move forward. We as a church have been sending half a million dollars all around the globe to do gospel work. We have. Isn't that amazing? And we want to continue to move forward in that. Currently, we have 26 global partners and quite a few local partners as well, probably five to seven local partners as well that we are supporting in various ways at, at various times. And, and that's been a part of our history and we want it to continue to be a part of our history. This last year, we did 14 mission trips to go and serve those local partnerships, or global, global partnerships. We did 14 mission trips so that we're not simply just sending dollars 
but we're sending one another. We're sending our body. We're sending our people to go be a benefit all over the world to people who are uh, church planting, who are doing works of justice and mercy, that we want to be a benefit everywhere we go. And that's been our story. And that's the story that we hope to continue to have, that we want to be in our next phase as much about uh, global and local impact as we've ever been. In fact, we want to step into more of that. Our goal is not to move into a bigger building and settle in and just do church and do church really big and have lots of uh, attendance and programs and things and busyness without gospel impact. Our desire is to make more of a gospel impact as we step into this next season of the journey that God has called us into. Now, as we step into this new journey, this new building, there's a lot of opportunity. 50,000 cars a day drive on West Colonial Drive by our building every single day, 50,000 cars. Get your mind around that. Now, here on Oakland Avenue, I think it's uh, 15 and a half cars a day drive. (laughs) And most of them are confused as to why they found Oakland in the first place. (laughs) They were trying to turn into Winter Garden. They were like, where am I? There's so much nature, right? And so there's a different level of impact. I, uh, I've been at, at Mosaic for a while, and, um, and I'll talk to people in our community and you know, talk about our church and get in conversation, and people who have lived here for a long time. I'm like, yeah, you know, Oakland, it's between Winter Garden and Claremont, and people are like, what? <laughs> Where is that? And nothing against Oakland. We love this town that we've been a part of for a long time. However, no one knows where it is. <laughs> And we're kind of tucked away, you know, we're, we're between the, the nature preserve and our friends with all the beautiful African uh, animals out there. And people are, we're kind of hidden. We are along the West Orange Trail, which has been a really cool part of our story. But it's very different. The, the level of impact that we have an opportunity to have just by very definition of our location, Right? I mean, if none of us shared with anyone about our church, if none of us ever invited anyone to Mosaic Church, just by the fact that we are going to be on Highway 50 with 50,000 cars driving by us every single day, I think someone might come and check it out. And now that we actually have room where if you invited friends, they could find a seat, (laughs) man, what, what might God do over the coming weeks and months and years in this new building. And we've got a lot of opportunity to make a gospel impact in our community. And we want to step into that. But the reality is, is that with the gospel impact opportunity, there's some potential downsides that our community kind of might start to feel as a result of our moving into that shopping center in Winter Garden. Imagine you work at Walt Disney World and you have a shift on Sunday morning, and you're already kind of cutting it close, but you know it takes 26 minutes to get from your door to clock in as a cast member. Probably more like 46 minutes. But you're driving through Winter Garden, and it's a Sunday morning, and all of a sudden, there's all this random traffic on December 10th that you had no idea was coming. That all of a sudden, 3,000 people are showing up to one place, and you're like, oh man. And there's police directing traffic and you're like, what happened? Like, like, is there a parade I missed? Like, what is going on here? 
And the reality is, is that that person's commute, they're going to drive by and they're going to be like, oh man, there's, there's a church opening up and now I'm late to work, right? Uh, my friend uh, Zach, my friend Zach, Zach, our worship pastor, <laughs> who's also my friend. Uh, <laughs> it's funny when you like introduce people weird ways. Uh, so my friend Zach, um, you don't know him. Uh, <laughs> He and his wife were um, checking out, Rachel is her name, uh, so they were checking out the new building just kind of, uh, you know, one Friday evening together. They were on a date night. Like, hey, let's pop into the new building. We're excited about it. And as they walk up to the new building, uh, a car is driving by real slowly, real, real slowly, and I'm going to church this up because there's little ears here, okay? So driving by real slowly, and they're looking because, I mean, something's going on in that shopping center, Right? And there's this beautiful frontage of this new building that used to be the Appliance Direct that's been vacant for 10 years, right? And so the, he's driving by and they're kind of, him and his, his uh, lady, friend, girlfriend, wife, I don't know that detail, but they're driving by and they're kind of looking down and he goes, man, it's a church. Not everyone's excited that we're moving in, okay? <laughs> like he's pulling up thinking like, it's going to be like a cool store, like maybe a coffee shop. That'd be the biggest coffee shop you ever went to. But just from the frontage, they're like, what cool thing is coming to Winter Garden? If, the, if you don't love Jesus, you're like, just another church. You feel that? And that's a tension that, that we're stepping into that the hope is, we can overcome over time. See, the hope is, is, is that as we get into Winter Garden and, and we start to spend time in this community, the hope is we will overcome that tension over time as we become a benefit, salt and light to our community. We're going to have to overcome the reality that traffic patterns are going to change, that parking might be a little bit difficult that we're driving in, we got mosaic stickers on our cars, you know? And we're inconveniencing people. People are having, you know, some road rage with us. As we're moving into this new area that, that there's a little bit of tension, that, that some people are very excited that we're going to be here, us included. But in our community, we're excited. But some people are not. And there's going to be some inconvenience when we step into this new space. So how do we be as a church so that we can be salt and light? Because here's the reality. We also have some amazing opportunities to benefit our community like our community has never been benefited before. Let me just start with the shopping center, okay? If you've been a part of Winter Garden for a while, you know that Winter Garden was kind of nothing, right? It was like a no big deal town. It was a, 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 a suburb, that's the word, um, on the outskirts of Orlando, kind of a no big deal town. But a few years back, the city of Winter Garden started getting really serious about allowing some amazing growth opportunity to come into our, our, our area. So we had a, a little known thing um, called the Winter Garden Village that was built in Winter Garden, this huge, beautiful outdoor shopping area that has created a space where people really love to come to. In addition to that, my favorite part of our town is our downtown. 
over the last few years, man, our downtown has just become amazing. I don't know all of the government people in Winter Garden, but they are doing a phenomenal job at bringing great businesses to the table. I mean, amazing coffee shops like Oxum Coffee. <laughs> Finna get a raise, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shameless plug, uh, but... <laughs> But amazing, I mean, downtown Winter Garden's awesome. The Plant Street Market is incredible. Like, we have a, an awesome community. So you have the Winter Garden Village, this thriving area, and then you have downtown Winter Garden, this incredible area, this beautiful area. I cannot wait till the whole enchilada opens. Yeah. I'm fitting to eat some of that food, okay? <laughs> but what happened to that shopping center where we're at? See, when Winter Garden Village opened up, all of those anchor stores left. And the shopping center where we're at, man, it's, it's been a struggle for a while. It's been kind of going downhill for a while. But have you noticed since we started our renovation project that not only the inside of the building has improved, not only the frontage of our space has improved, but that actually the whole shopping center is improving? Because now the developer has those HOA, it's called CAM fees, common area maintenance fees that we are now paying. You see the, 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 the new blacktop and the new lines? Looks starting to look good. Some landscaping showing up, starting to look really good. I went into uh, Let's Skate a couple of months back because I'm the student ministry pastor here and we were getting ready to do a, uh, a fall kickoff event with Let's Skate and we thought, hey, we wanna be good neighbors. So we, we step in and, and we're like, hey, let's, let's do an event here. And so I started talking with the owners of Let's Skate and hearing a little bit of their story and some of the struggles that they've had being in that location. And as they begin to, to share with us about their excitement for us being in that location, they begin to weep. Begin to tears coming down this lady's eyes because she's sharing with me the hope that we represent for that shopping center and for that area of town. What would it look like for Midtown Winter Garden to begin to flourish because we're there? Yeah, you heard it right, Midtown Winter Garden. <laughs> Just kind of put that in your old back pocket, start using that verbiage. We got the Winter Garden Village, we got downtown Winter Garden, but yo, have you been to Midtown Winter Garden? <laughs> there's this church there called Mosaic, and I tell you what, I don't know what is going on, but there's just so much flourishing happening. Midtown, just have it in your head. So it's a rebrand, it's, re it's all it is, okay? I mean, when Servando's opened their restaurant and we started having, oh yeah, Servando's is good. Okay, now not on weekends, so I don't want to, you know, put, get your hopes up, but during the week they have a $5 lunch. You can't eat a Chick-fil-A for five bucks. It's delicious. Anyway, so Servando, when we start talking with him and he's getting excited, when are you opening up? When are you opening up? When are you opening up? Because he knows that when we get out of church, we hungry, okay? <laughs> We are ready to eat and go eat at Servando's. I want them to be so overwhelmed when we show up with business and you better tip. Yeah. 
Not a gospel track, okay? How we carry the gospel. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave John 3.16 on a napkin, you know? Yeah, if you do that with a 100% tip, then God bless you as you do it, okay? But what we have the opportunity to do is be a blessing in that shopping center, that we can begin to, to shop at Aldi and Harbor Freight and, and go eat at Servando's. And we have a, an opportunity to bring our kids to let skate and let them break an ankle or something, you know? <laughs> like we have such an opportunity to see the gospel in and through us lived out in the way that we conduct ourselves within that building, within that shopping center as we eat in those restaurants, as we drive in the parking lot, and the way that we drive, that when we're frustrated each other, with each other, instead of raising uh, hands and putting most of our fingers down, <laughs> we just throw up the praise hands. It's okay. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead and <laughs> merge, merge. You know, like, like we have amazing opportunities to be salt and light in this next phase of our story. What if 3,000 of us are running into that area of Winter Garden, Midtown Winter Garden, we're rolling through, and everywhere we are, people are like, it is like Jesus is here. That's our opportunity. That's our privilege. When we stand in really long lines at Aldi, they're like, cashiers are just, you ever had a cashier at Aldi? You're like, you're going to start smoking this like, like, oh, so fast. I don't know. But the lines are really long because there's two cashiers there, right? <laughs> rather than being perturbed, rather than, man, smile. Have a conversation with somebody next to you. Yeah, hey, oh, man, I love shopping here. I'm part of this church here at Mosaic. It's so much fun to be able to be a part of this. It's been really, really cool. You know, whatever, whatever. You do you. But, but you do you as salt and light, right? I don't know who started that laugh, but that wasn't intended to be a joke. I don't know. Like, you know how like TV shows, they have those laugh tracks. It's like, uh, it's not that funny. We'll put a laugh track in there and hopefully people will catch on. What will happen when people walk inside our doors? Man, day one, December 10th, we're really, really working hard as a staff to be prepared and to be ready. But listen, we don't know everything that, that is going to happen that day. Like, we don't know fully what to expect. Like, we don't know if our, if our gathering times, if there's enough space in between to make sure that parking can happen, that people can park and then leave and then park because we have two gatherings and we have half half coming at the, at the morning gathering and half coming in the afternoon or the uh, late morning gathering, the eleven seventeen. And we don't know what it's going to be like when, when that transition happens. We don't know if we're going to do children's ministry check-in as quickly as we, we would like. We don't know if we're going to run out of coffee or God forbid donuts. You know, like, I know it would be the worst, right? Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be like when we step into that new environment. And it might be a little clunky from time to time. But what our attitude as a body is, is going to be projected upon the rest of the body. The way that we carry ourselves corporately 
is going to make an impact on that new person who walks into the door that's never been at Mosaic before, but they heard about this new building, maybe a friend invited them, and they showed up one morning in our location. What are they going to feel when they walk into that door? Is it only going to be blue shirts smiling at them, saying hello? Is it only going to be the people who they can tell are actually like trained to be nice to them? Or will they be welcomed? Will, will people be frustrated with them when they bring their family in, into the door and they don't really know where to go and they're kind of in the way? Or will people look out for them and say, oh, hey, yeah, welcome. Hey, kids check-ins right over here. Can I show you where that is? What would it look like if you and I came to Mosaic every single weekend and instead of coming with a fork to get fed, we came with a serving spoon? And everyone gets fed as a result. You and I, as a group, as a people, we have an opportunity to carry the gospel and to be salt and light in our world. You know, um, the New Testament is full of commands of how we should live with one another. In fact, in the New Testament, there are 59 verses that deal with how we deal with one another. I'm going to read six, nay, seven. (laughs) And I just want you to hear these one another's as your mandate, Mosaic, for when we step into this new space. Are you ready? Mark 9.50, be at peace with one another. Romans 12.10, honor one another above yourselves. 1 Corinthians 12.25, have equal concern for each other. Here we go. Ephesians 4.2, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Philippians 2, 3, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. 1 Peter 3, 8, live in harmony with one another. And 1 Peter 4, 9, what an opportunity, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. See, you and I, we have an opportunity, Mosaic, as we step into this new phase of our story to be the light and the salt that we are as followers of Jesus. Don't hide the light under a bushel. Don't don't oversalt the dish. (laughs) Don't leave the salt out of the dish we have the opportunity to be carriers of the gospel and make an impact in our community and all over the world. There was a church in a city called Thessalonica and Paul wrote to them, I want us to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter one together. It's on page 1089 of the Mosaic Bibles, 1 Thessalonians 
chapter one. The gospel impacts our lives and as it impacts us as individuals, it impacts us as a collective. That as the lowercase m mosaic church, you and I as individuals are being impacted by the word of God in our lives and the gospel of Jesus in our lives, we have an opportunity to impact the world around us. Listen to what that looked like for the Thessalonian church. First Thessalonians chapter one, starting in verse six, Paul says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that, here we go, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Man, I hope that the gospel works in us in such a way that we would be an example to the other believers in our community. That when we tip at Servando's, it wouldn't be with a gospel track, but it would be with real money. That is, a, that is a percentage that is not what the server deserves because you and I have not been treated the way that we deserve. We can tip regardless of what that waiter or waitress deserves, right? Man, we could be an example to all the believers. Verse eight, for not only has the word of the Lord, the gospel sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia. We want to get loud for the gospel and allow the gospel to sound forth through us from Winter Garden all over the world. But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Listen, you and I, if we know Jesus, we have turned to God from every idol of comfort and convenience and selfishness that is going to beg us to be flesh carriers, Joel carriers, instead of spirit-led, salt and light, Jesus carriers everywhere we go. As the gospel works in each of us as individuals, it will bear fruit for us corporately. May we, Mosaic, may we be a church that will carry the gospel in a way that sounds forth from our new space in Winter Garden all over the world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for you. And the incredible work that you have done for us in that while we were your enemies, Jesus, you laid down your life for us. 
God, I pray that we would be men and women who would respond to what you have done for us in treating us so much better than we ever deserved to be treated. That we would be a people that everywhere we go in Winter Garden, Florida, all the way through Midtown Winter Garden, all the way into our church building, and the way that we conduct ourselves, God, we want to be gospel carriers, salt and light, a benefit to those around us. Lord, we ask that you would give us your grace and your mercy in our moments of frustration, in our moments of disappointment, when we feel annoyed, when things aren't like they used to be. God, give us your grace so that we can be your hands and your feet so that we can be Jesus in our community. Thank you that you have made us salt and you have made us light. Help us to carry the gospel in a way that honors and glorifies you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.